Welcome to the live Q2 sales event on the encouragers that we are calling Getting Higher Sales Now in a Crowded Market. I'm Lloyd Ford. Today, you will hear directly from revenue management consultant Alec Drake based in Dallas, Texas. He is president of Drake Media Group, and you can learn more about his insights regarding yield and revenue management at alecdrake.com. And uh, I highly recommend you spend a little time over there to see about those free resources. Of course, we have planned an entire roundtable for you as we do with each of our special sales events, because we don't want you to think, hey, we just kind of have popped up a few unproven ideas here and there. Oh, no, this is going to be worth your time. We want you to see captains of sales and sales management in the field today, applying solutions to problems you are having in your local market in their local market. If you've not spent any time with us or haven't experienced one of our sales events, you might ask, why is a programming consultant doing all this sales-related strategy and encouragement? I can tell you. It's because I am in the same business as you, advertising. And excellent programming is about revenue growth. We're uh, also a little different and offer clients a lot more than traditional programming consultants at Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. Today, our revenue warriors are David Deutsch, who is president of Midwest Family, and Brian Maloney, who is vice president of Capital Broadcasting. Of course, you will hear specific ideas from each of these gentlemen and actionable ideas from this roundtable to help you bag more revenue in Q2 and in the balance of 2022. Can you use more revenue? Sure, anybody, right? Today's live event will be a podcast uh, called The Encouragers, the Radio Rally Podcast, and will be available soon after the end of this live event, wherever you get your podcast. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprints and distributing them. Connect with folks that you see on the stage at this event. Look around the room to see who else you might uh, connect with and network with in the future. Of course, my name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. The work that we do, well, we help local broadcasters make more money by being an affordable programming partner who can fully develop the right position for your local brand or brands. Coach your morning show and other talents design and execute station architecture that electrifies. Provide weekly music updates and even produce your daily music logs. Provide excellent voice trackers when needed. Sales and promotions ideas that move the revenue needle and a lot more. We are confidential and market exclusive for radio. Got a frustrating problem that keeps revenue away? Reach out anytime, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. What if you found out your local radio brand was not in the best position to capture the most revenue? We can help you with that, RainmakerPathway.com to learn more. This is our second sales-focused quarterly event this year. If you missed our first event, it is available on demand on our podcast. Today is all about helping local market managers, sales managers, and local sellers develop more revenue as we close in on the heat of the year and, uh, you know, go further, helping you grow revenue all the way through December. And... Um, that's why I always bring an expert to this dance. My first expert is Alec Drake. Alec, how are you? Lloyd, I am great. Uh, thanks for inviting me back to co-host Getting Higher Sales Now in a Crowded Market. Uh, I'm excited to hear from our two very experienced guests, and I'm sure we'll be delivering some revenue-generating ideas in our segments. Oh, yes. Let's talk about what's coming up here right now on getting higher sales now in a crowded market. Our roundtable will focus on three things and a bonus to be named later. So you've got a reason to stick around. Number one, leveraging political in 2022. We're going to find out uh the ups and downs of that. Also, uh, number two, filling your summer months with NTR. We all know that events are coming back to varying degrees and uh, you can't keep Americans down. We're going to find out how you can leverage that for money. Also, number three, building a stronger local business base, all really important. Alec, 
you know, we really like to hit the ground running and nothing says that like this. Let's hit the reset button right now. We've all seen the rebound in demand in 2022 as COVID moves to the background, or at least we hope it will move to the background finally. It's a political year two, which adds to media demand during the primaries and the general election. Do you have some thoughts for us and maybe some strategies on how we maximize this opportunity? Uh, I do, Lloyd. And you're right. You know, we're all looking at that rebound this year and how we can not only get closer to the numbers we had in 2019, but get ahead of those numbers. So let's take a few minutes. And if we're going to talk about demand rebounding and the reset button, what makes up that demand? What what drives that rates, drives those rates and those revenues? Well, there's really seven kind of critical impact areas, and I'd like to share those and a little bit of a sales tip with each one, uh, followed by thoughts on raising rates in 2022. Number one is really your market. You know, the size of the local economy and its trend line, the available pool of prospects, the market size tied to the media planning goals of agencies, and of course, the population profile, all affect demand. Now, you may not control these may macro factors, but you can manage the narrative. You know, leverage any positive market information you have out there as content in your sales marketing to boost the demand story for your stations. And then secondly, look at seasonality. You know, demand fluctuates across the year. So should rates forecasted by month. The starting rate on a demand curve in January will look vastly different than the same inventory unit in May or December. So raising rates really should start at the bottom, not at the top of your rate curve or your rate scale. If you actually make some moves at the bottom of your rate curve looking at seasonality, a few dollars difference could actually represent six figures over the course of the year or potentially in a quarter, depending on your station and your market situation. And then number three is probably one of the most important of the seven, and that's your sales department. You know, this core demand driver acquires new customers. It renews your existing clients. It promotes value to the market. And how that team is directed in the quality of their prospecting, how terms and conditions are applied, and the team's value perceptions all impact demand. So here you have the most control as a manager on increasing rates. Bit of advice, look to the horizon, not to the floor. Demand is coming back. This is not the discounts that we were having to absorb and, and work with in the last couple of years. And then number four is ratings, which have been around forever. And it's a little bit of our currency and how we do business. And they're typically going to impact price in a purely transactional sales environment. However, you know, any level of negotiation is an opening for rates to be unbound by ratings. Ratings should be married to your brand's broader list of value characteristics and underpinned by additional research tools. You know, as a reminder, as we like to say, your best ratings are your station's results for your advertisers. And then I think promotions as number five is key. You know, building brand value with lifestyle events, community outreach, Supporting client initiatives all contribute to demand. So social posts of your successful promotions, highly visible events, and of course, sponsor testimonials often help shape the value perceptions and change rate sensitivity. Local promotions continue to be critical to protecting the value of radio. And NTR, as we'll talk about later this year and in the summer, will play into that opportunity. Let's talk a minute about format characteristics. Uh, it's a political year, as we mentioned. News talk demand patterns, and therefore the rates, differ certainly with political advertising pressure on those formats. Uh, they're also unique with their long-form time blocks that contribute to rate variations and, and demand patterns. And then, of course, sports. Uh, if you have a sports format, as, as Brian knows, uh, they have unique demand curves tied to play-by-play -play in specific seasons and music formats. They see increased activity with concerts and outdoor events to push demand in the coming months. So these format differences actually can be clues uh, 
the opportunities to raise rates earlier in your sales cycle during the year. Look ahead and think about the impact of your formats. And lastly, competition. If you were the only game in town, what could you charge? Hmm, a wonderful question, but it's not the case. You know, in our fragmented media environment, competition's more prevalent than ever. And the increased competition creates commoditization and downward pricing pressure. So offset that downdraft, promote the quality of your audio content, deliver unique audience interactions, and differentiation will build value. We know that. And pushing value to the front of your sales conversation always supports higher prices. So in closing, as demand returns, you know, kind of remember to shift the focus in selling. Negotiate the terms, not the rates. And, and by that, I mean, when rates are introduced before you finish building value, you will prompt more rate objections. So it's better to negotiate the schedule parameters, not the rate. To raise rates, they really should go on the backside of the sales process. Bundling on air, digital, event assets, you know, can make your proposal comprehensive. It'll minimize the rate details. And the proposal should have a different investment level as options are tied to varying rates in a schedule. Different levels will shift the conversation from are we going to do business to how will we do business together. Terms and conditions also stretch the discussion to encompass factors other than rates. So that's my advice. I'm so glad, I'm so glad that I was on during that because the whole time, every time you use the word value, I wanted to go ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, don't forget that today's live event will be a podcast episode. We'll be sharing on both the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast and the Encouragers Innovation and Audio podcast available right now on Audible, Spotify, Apple, and almost anywhere you get your podcast. So. Let's talk about political. We mentioned it a few minutes ago on how we can leverage a political midterm bonanza. You know, it's projected, Lloyd, that there's gonna be $9 billion spent. That is a lot, a lot of money. And as we know, there's kind of two cycles for political. There's the primary, and then you've got the general election. Now, typically the primary can represent more dollars. There might be a larger field of candidates. You've got state seats in the House and Senate. You've got issue money. You've got PAC money. All these significantly impact dollars. This year, the general election is November 8th. And for our guests today, I made a point of looking these up. The primary dates for Michigan are August 2nd and for North Carolina are May 17th uh, in terms of their statewide primaries. I don't think this guy describes anybody. Television will, again, get the larger chunk of political dollars. For example, in 2018, the midterms, campaigns, PACs, and other entities spent over $3 billion on local broadcast television based on comments from TVB president and CEO Steve Lanzano. And of course, radio, by contrast, got around $700 million. And radio broadcasters in 2020 did embrace an adjustment, kind of an adjusted strategy, pushing the idea of adding radio to television buys and delivering more of what the campaigns really want, registered voters. So let's shift and focus on our excellent roundtable guests. And and Brian, I want to start with you, since your primary is May 17th, and both radio and television are under your sales roof. Uh, how does the 2022 midterm compare to 2018 in your market? What have you been able to do differently to maximize political dollars this year? Well, uh, you know, the the numbers that... Um you, you quoted Lloyd are, are staggering and uh, probably what's most staggering or, or uh, I would say an opportunity is the disparity between the political dollars spent on television versus radio. Um, but I look at that as an opportunity. So to boil that down uh, in the Raleigh-Durham market, we're market number 37. Um, in 2020, uh, there was uh, $7 million spent on radio in political dollars in 2020, which sounds like a great number, and it and it was. We loved it, all of it. But uh, television in the Raleigh-Durham market was 120 
million dollars. So if you're keeping the scorecard, seven million for radio, 120 million for TV, and then 30 million for cable. So a lot of work to do for radio. Uh, and, and a huge opportunity. Midterms for us historically have been eh, kind of lukewarm at best. Uh, we really look forward to the fall, November. Um, however, our rep firm, Cats, uh, we work with Cats Group, they seem very bullish. Um, however, uh, as of this recording anyway, where they seem to have softened their, their stance a bit and, and we're waiting and waiting uh, for the May 17th uh, uh, primary and, and the dollars to follow. But we had some uh, uncertainty earlier in our market this year as to when the primary actually would be held. It went back and forth. And so I think that's disrupted things a little bit. And we had to plan, uh, you know, back and forth quarter for the window and it kept moving. So that was uh, challenging for us. So hopefully whatever market you are in, you have uh, locked down your window by now, I'm sure. But one tactic that we're trying this year is the use of Q. And if you're not familiar with Q, and that's Q-U-U, uh, it's visual uh, radio, we call it, uh, display on your, your dash in your car. And not only can it display text for the candidate when their ad plays, but you can also put the picture of the candidate that will appear on the screen on your dashboard. And we know politicians love to see their faces and such, one of the reasons they use television so well. But uh, we're using Q this year as a strategy and a simple upsell of 10% on any political order. We offer it to all the candidates. It's Everybody pays the 10% uh, lift on that. But uh, it's an opportunity to set your station apart uh, from others and also, you know, an opportunity with something new for, for radio to offer candidates. So uh, we're looking at that this year. Of course, we're holding uh, regular meetings with CATS and going over the strengths of our stations in the market. Digital division is attacking uh, things on the digital level. And uh, most importantly, though, I think uh, we're spending more time educating buyers that radio is not just, excuse me, uh, terrestrial, that uh, radio now represents uh, the smartphone. It represents, you know, the home listening devices. It represents streaming on the desktop in the car. And I think that's really important that we remind the buyers of political, all of the access points of, of what we do these days. You know, in programming, we talk about fame and the generation of fame all the time. And certainly that's important in any kind of political campaign. Plus, you have the timing element, which always leads, in some cases, to forms of desperation, which turns into a lot more money. Dave, your primary is August 2nd, so you have more time to really address this opportunity. How does this midterm for you compare to 2018 in your market from your perspective? And what have you done differently to maybe maximize political dollars? Well, first, let me say thank you for being a part of this. I always enjoy this. This is my second opportunity engaging and uh, to, to share our uh, our story is, is, is an honor. So thank, thank you. Thank you for being here. In Michigan, uh, one of the dynamics that's come into play is there's been redistricting. So actually, some dollars had already started coming in um, and you were seeing players that had uh, or that already in seats trying to figure out if they're going to stay uh, or uh, step away. So um, that drove some dollars out of the gate. And then that immediately saw somebody who had been in uh, uh, the position for decades decide to retire out. So now we uh, kind of wait to see what happens in that regard uh, as well. It's a gubernatorial year. So that's going to be interesting as well. Uh, we expect some some real dollars there. Our unique uh, situation is we're in market negative 40, I think it would be. Uh, there's there's all the TV uh, comes from South Bend or Kalamazoo or from Grand Rapids when it comes to this territory. So uh, that really is tough for us because there's many TV markets, dominant TV markets driving those dollars. So our strategy is to um, target 
the candidates, target the parties, and get materials in their hands ahead of time and making them aware because our unique situation is where we have our seven radio stations, but we also have other platforms and products and not just uh, you know digital sales items like a, a targeted display and so forth that others have or maybe OTT, but we have some proprietary um, apps that have first party data that are business, it's, it's, it's the, essentially the business journal and um, as um, a newspaper. Basically, we built an app to replace the newspaper. So we want to make sure they're aware of that and that resource beyond the just the radio properties. Because if they default to you know past materials, they might say, well, that's just radio stations. And then the other side of that is when they do reach out to us uh, to make requests, even if they only ask for radio, we're going to give them the other materials and follow up on that with data, with the the, the uh, resources that we have available to kind of show them a landscape that's that's much different than maybe what they anticipated. Dave, I got to tell you, anything that you can do that shows uh, proprietary opportunities that people are not thinking about just really is your opportunity to tell your story in a unique way. Right now, you're listening to Getting Higher Sales Now in a Crowded Market. This is our quarterly radio sales exclusive event designed to encourage you, to encourage your team, to hire revenue in the coming quarter. And for the remainder of the year, I'm Lloyd Ford from Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. On the encouragers, our group on Clubhouse, on the Clubhouse app, we are all about encouraging radio pros at all levels. Today, Alec Drake and I are focused on Q2 and the balance of your year. As you can see, we are armed with great guests in the field today, managing great broadcast sales teams. Uh, Dave Deutsch, the president of Midwest Family, and Brian Maloney, vice president of Capital Broadcasting. Dave, let me jump in for a minute. Uh, we talked about political, and by the way, the, the the gubernatorial race here in Texas was interesting and brought in some extra money uh, with the challenge to Abbott from uh, an, another party, and that helped lift some money for, I know, WBAP here in Dallas. So I hope your gubernatorial race helps you too. Um, but how are you preparing clients? As we talk about the, the rebound in 2022, we talked about political how are you preparing clients and, and sales teams for inventory pressures, potentially? Some of that may be driven by political pricing shifts because rates are going up uh, versus the last two years. We're using this as an opportunity to move to a pre-bundled uh, sales strategy system. So instead of uh, the norm of we're coming at you with this promotion or this spot schedule or, or this annual type agreement, uh, we're repackaging that into, are you looking for a community-based influencer campaign? Are you looking for a long-term branding campaign? Are you looking for a sales activation campaign? And putting the focus on what their goal is and what the outcome is and moving away as much as we possibly can from them focusing on any particular product in general, whether it's our a radio station or, as I said, some of these other digital platforms we have. Because when we go to talk with somebody now, we there, there's so many different things to show them that it can become incredibly confusing. So we're just rerouting it. And to a degree, that gives us some flexibility because it doesn't say any specific station, you have your choice of station, but we're ultimately focusing on the outcome. And then we're also trying to incorporate data outcome measurement as well as revenue outcome measurement so that they, again, get away from focusing on, I want this station, and instead focusing, I'm looking for this kind of impact and I'm looking for this kind of revenue outcome. And it's always about the goal. Brian, uh, how are you preparing clients and the sales team for, the, you know, inventory pressures, pricing shifts, et cetera? Um, yeah, first, I got to say, hey, great, great advice there, Dave. I really like that approach of just you really have to, uh, <clears throat> you know, present differently as, as opposed to laying in these spot schedules ahead of time in preparation for political that, you uh, you know, hey, what are you trying to do here? Branding campaign or, you know, a quick blitz or what have you. But, you know, we started preparing back in fourth quarter. And as I said, our political uh, window was a moving target. So we have 
shuffled things many times. Um, but also, you know, as far as preparing the sellers go, you know, it could be, well, I guess, you know, 10, 15 years ago, uh, when you're in a political window, you could be hard times for a, a seller because the political was taking up all your inventory. But that is just simply not the case anymore. Uh, so we prepare our salespeople by reminding them of all the other options outside of commercials on a radio station that you can sell all the opportunities. So um, I think it's it's a good time to remind your salespeople uh, of, of all the other options and opportunities that you can present a business. And uh, I've actually seen the political window turn reluctant digital or NTR sellers into good digital and NTR sellers because they were absolutely forced to, you know, uh, take another path. And so uh, there's a there's a great opportunity in there, too. But I think you you have to prepare your salespeople uh, just like you you prepare your inventory. Absolutely. You know, listen, we we told you about this at the beginning of this live event, at the beginning of this podcast. You find yourself listening to one of these events. We do our sales events every single quarter, and it's really focused on trying to help you build more revenue. We told you we're going to focus on how to lift revenue, not just one kind. Let's talk about filling your summer months with NTR. Brian, uh, let me jump back to you. Uh, you know, I, you and I have known each other a long time. I know you came from programming originally. Uh, I think we all appreciate the benefits of the promotional interaction between stations and, and certainly their audiences and how important that is. Uh, the support of local events you know, does offer an opportunity for, for sponsorships and revenue and sales, as I mentioned earlier. What, what momentum are you seeing in your market this year for returning events. You know, it's exciting that we're out of where we were certainly over the last year or two in COVID. Uh, and certainly with a positive thought, we'll continue in that direction. And we're seeing events popping up. How are you approaching the summer months with a kind of a new emphasis on NTR? Well, it's definitely great to have the live events back, the concerts and, and all that. And it's a great source of revenue. And I think radio is certainly really effective at promoting uh, those events. And, and it's timely too. not NTR, non-traditional revenue. I mean, years ago, I think we considered that the holy grail of uh, selling in radio. And now I, I think NTR is a must, an absolute must to survive. And I, I would have to say that nearly everything we sell now is non-traditional compared to 10 years ago. I think our, our industry got a little bit caught up in belief that NTR meant putting on events, and that's certainly one way, but I, I really consider NTR anything other than selling your 20 spots a week with a three frequency. And and I think everybody should look at like that. I mean, uh, we sell social media campaigns. Uh, we are big now into creating custom videos for clients that have replaced what we used to call remotes in the prize wheel and card table. And, you know, to me, that's NTR, uh, including clients in our email databases, uh, unique ways to integrate clients in what we do on the air with product placement, because we now carry our talk shows on television. So we'll sell product placement. They're all NTR ideas. And yes, we uh, do events. We got a big golf tournament that uh, we do for charity uh, coming up here at the end of May that we certainly sell in uh, sponsors that want to raise their profile in the community and in a charitable way. And then uh, the big one is coming up at the end of June. Our AAA station is putting on a music festival at the Durham Bulls Athletic Park. We own the Durham Bulls AAA baseball team. And uh, just a note on that event, uh, you know, hey, there's a million music festivals now. We really challenged ourselves to make, do something unique. And what we ended up with was all local bands, Uh, And when I say local, these are national touring bands, international touring bands. But the criteria was the band had to be from North Carolina. So we booked two days, uh, 25 bands, 
and we pulled in uh, great local sponsors. And it was probably the most passionate sell we've had for the sellers and uh, probably the most welcome NTR event uh, that we've ever sold uh, because local businesses want to support local community. And that's what the event uh, will, will all be about. That is always true. And listen, I tell clients this all the time. I'm like, look, once you have a radio station, you get anything else you want. And what I mean by that is creativity and speed. These are the power tools of radio. And once you realize that and you realize how far we can go into so many different things for revenue, uh, it's really incredible and kind of exciting. Dave, we all know that all markets can be a little different, right? What momentum are you seeing in your market this year for returning events? And how are you approaching the summer months with a, maybe a new emphasis on NTR? Some are returning in our area and predominantly what we find are fairs and festivals and things of that nature. Um, so I'll start the focus there. And, and what we have to keep in mind and what we're seeing already is in the past, businesses would support that just as kind of out of the goodness of their heart, right? We're going to put some money towards that because we like that. But with dollars being uh, a little bit more you know, sparse and they have to be more specific, it, it puts us in a position that we really have to um, make that partnership work a little bit further than it did before. So you know, one thing that we're doing is trying to capture their involvement in that fair or festival as a means to go back into social media tools for them to reuse, uh, to go onto their websites to use. And actually, one caveat that we've, we, we're putting into play that we've seen is um, some of the younger generations coming into the workforce are really measuring places they go to work with how they support the community and to what depth. And we're using this even for recruitment and retention elements uh, for them as well. So instead of it just being, oh, we're just going to do that out of the goodness of our heart, now we're really trying to make that goodness have some um, real teeth so it works for them in the long run. And there are some bigger events coming back. We have, a, uh, I think it's like one of the top five art festivals in uh, the country. And then actually next month is the uh, Senior PGA Championship that'll take place here. It'll be on NBC, so it gets big coverage. And what we're trying to utilize there, again, is um, digital technology and um, uh, power for OTT for them, uh, buying, you know, here you are working with a traditional radio company that does so much more. And now we're helping you buy, uh, you know, basically TV commercials on non-network sources and on the streaming sources where available uh, to get that message out a little bit further and even targeting certain areas. You know, the art festival wants to really focus on some of the larger metropolitan areas. So they thought, well, we've got to go call these media entities and all this place and how much is that going to be to spend? And we, we find in years past, they kind of would, wouldn't spend with us because they're already going to get the locals. That's kind of the angle. Now we work with them saying, no, look, we're going to geofence in these different cities and in these different areas for, year, uh, for you and then do video with that as well, which excites them greatly. And we're seeing significant dollars coming our way for that. And then on the reverse, with the Senior PGA Championship with this event, um, we are going to geofence on site. So if you're a sponsor, you're, we're going to be able to geofence on site. So here are these people coming from outside the area. Our area is a big tourist area, so we can go to businesses who would typically say, well, we don't want to reach the locals. We want to reach tourists. Well, we can reach all these people coming from outside of town um, and, and do that in particular for them. So taking advantage of the technology at play and, and to put a new angle on it, that's getting them excited. Oh, you can tell why we got these two guys on the program, right? Because they're telling you how to restack the story of radio and share how the power of radio is the power to go anywhere. I have a follow-up question for you, Dave. One practice that we find that can be beneficial for sales and programming is a proactive meeting each quarter to really build upon existing ideas and new events. This builds cooperation between departments and a healthy brainstorming environment as well. How do you develop synergy between programming and sales to optimize resources for listenership and for revenues? We actually have a meeting uh, every week uh, 
that is entitled the innovation meeting, where the idea is to come in and every, everybody to think innovatively. And it brings in all the, the key players uh, from all the different teams to think about what are what are programs we've done in the past? Are we going to reintroduce those? Uh, what are um, new ones that we want to put into play? And, and how do we best move forward with that? So they, they meet weekly to keep executing on it. But then once a month, there is a, a, an extended meeting where we look three months out and we try to you know look at what did we do last year three months out in this window we and we usually we'd annualize it at the start of the year but then we revisit it uh, every three months so every month when we go back in we're looking ahead to the next three months and we might add something new we might take something away we might dramatically change it because of, of opportunities we see or necessary changes that have to be put into play and having everybody in that room and having that discussion gets a lot of buy-in in the moment helps us really shape it and then and, and there's no confusion how are we going to execute this what's going to make it uh, more saliable more enticing to that uh, business owner uh, when it comes time to make that decision and just we do it again and again and we get habituated with it and uh, and get some really good outcomes from it. Well, Dave, that sounds great. Uh, I know we used to do something called an RGM meeting as well, a, a revenue generating meeting. So we could look at the balance between what we were doing from the programming standpoint, what we were doing from a sales standpoint, and really create harmony at the very beginning. Uh, I love the idea that you're calling that innovation an innovation meeting, because that right off the bat, promote something new and fresh to be part of the agenda. Uh, let's shift and talk about how important local business is for our, our stations, our companies. We, we've heard and seen it time and time again that radio is live and it's local, and that's what's really important, and keeping it local and keeping connected to the community. So I'd like to shift and, and focus on building a stronger local business base. Boys. This question is for both of you. Look, there's more focus today on how live and local matters for local radio and its continued relevance in markets. What strategies from a sales point of view are you using to build a stronger local business base? Well, I can start with that. Uh, uh, I, I think, uh, fortunately, you have two guests here on the on the call today that uh, have companies that truly truly are uh, live and local and um, serve their community. I mean, I can speak firsthand about uh, Dave's group of stations uh, up there in Michigan, and and the same here in Raleigh Durham. Our company, Capital Broadcasting, has been in the community for sixty five years, and I think you know, live and local is thrown around so much these days. And I think the first thing is, man, you got to live up to that promise. If you're going to say live and local, you need to be live and local. You know, if you're voice tracking from uh, Topeka and you're uh, running liners for your station in Tupelo, you're, you're not live and local. Stop. Come on. You know, you got to live up to it. Uh, you should be able to go <clears throat> turn on a radio station and, and in, in 10 minutes be able to, to know what town you're in and, and what's going on. And uh, I, I think from a sales side, it's so important uh, to take advantage of your local assets and one of the local assets, the most important, is our talent influencers. Get them out there. Get them in front of the clients uh, because these are things that Amazon and Pandora and Spotify simply can't do. And so if you have truly live and local talent, make sure that you're getting them out in front of your clients. Hey, man, they live in your community. They shop in your community. They eat. They buy. And uh, one thing that we we found pretty effective in, in just uh, getting in front of clients with our talent is just doing simple shout-out videos to clients with our talent and uh, emailing it to them or send them an audio greeting or a spec spot that's custom tailored to their business. Um, and we also, we're also constantly communicating with our talent to ask them, hey, where do you buy your car? Where do you eat out? What do you do on the weekends? 
Where do you hang out? What are your hobbies? Um, I think that's really important so that you can start a, a dialogue with a local business and say, hey, you know, one of our influencers shops at your, your store every weekend or goes to your brewery, you know, once a month. Um, so I think the, the biggest thing is uh, if you're live and local, you know, be live and local and then get your people out there because uh, our competitors that are not live and local simply can't do that. I agree a hundred percent with what Brian is sharing there. And I'll, and I'll add, we're following that same um, credo in our market, but then there's another couple elements I thought I'd add to that. Uh, last summer we launched a pretty significant marketing campaign called risk takers unite and built out a website, risktakersunite.com, and really focused on uh, messages to the, the business community about serving the business community and understanding that you know their, their challenges, their struggles, and that we're here to help them. And we took that marketing campaign, and obviously we've put it on our radio stations, we put it on our platforms, but we have to kind of practice what we preach. And we have purchased a significant amount of ongoing advertising through Facebook, through Instagram, through Twitter, through YouTube, through LinkedIn. And, you know, many you know, radio companies, media companies, you go to their advertisers and say, you should be spending five or 10% out of your own pocket to do this. And oftentimes they don't. Uh, some do, but many don't. And we have made a significant en emphasis there and even done some geofencing of specific businesses or areas. And we have seen a significant boost from that effort. Uh, coinciding with that effort are a series of seminars. And it's amazing to me what we've seen for people calling in to come to these seminars that haven't done business with us before. So we've done these, um, part of this marketing effort is in, uh, uh, we're doing it through the Chamber of Commerce as well. Um, and, and so that effort is really, really paying off. And then coinciding with that, we give materials to our sales team so that they can back that up with the client, current clients, prospective clients. So they kind of link that with us. And then the next step that we're embarking upon, and we're just ready to launch this, is that we now have a direct marketing campaign through our CRM system that we're going to be doing with our customers, reinforcing everything. And, and what we're trying to align this with is you're, you take risks, you roll up your sleeves, you do all the hard work. Um, you're a big you're, you're part of what makes this community work. And here's evidence of what that does and and things that we do to serve the community and that others do this to serve the community and linking those things together so that they feel like they're, 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 an enormous sense of pride. You know, they're putting in that sweat equity at work and dealing with all the challenges, but look at the goodwill and the good things that are happening in the community. And so feeding it back to those current customers of you, you taking that risk, you partnering with us, our efforts to serve the community is your efforts to serve the community. And, and we're getting incredible feedback from that. I love when people start talking about serving the community. So many people spend so much time trying to get away from that. And it's like you're trying to get away from your own business. Everyone in radio thinks that everyone knows their story. Well, uh, sometimes they don't. And also this, everyone likes to be heard. Do you hear how these two markets are hearing their clients, focusing on clients and sharing their stories? We always like to include a formal last question, if you will, in these events for our roundtable guests. So this question is for both of you as well. I'll start with Brian. Can you please share one idea, can be anything, uh, one idea that can help managers generate additional dollars this year? Uh, I'll, I'll give you two. I'll give you one and a bonus one. Uh, the first one is, and I mentioned it early on when we talked about our political strategy, we uh, went online with this uh, product called Q uh, earlier this year, and uh, I was skeptical of it at first for generating revenue. So again, uh, Q is a technology that, you know, displays album art and all that kind of stuff on your dashboard, but it also displays uh, the text 
of the commercial that's playing. Uh, and it will also put the client's logo on the screen in the car. And so, again, I was skeptical. Can we really monetize this? So we decided, all right, we're going to ask for a 10% surcharge or upcharge or whatever you want to call it on, on any package that we present. And we have generated a decent amount of incremental revenue, not to mention we look better than we ever had on the digital dash. So I would say that. And then, and then the bonus one would be uh, we invested f- this year in a full-time uh, trained professional video position. We dabbled in it for the past three or four years, all, all of us shooting video on our iPhone and stuff like that. This year, we hired a full-time professional uh, videographer that makes sizzle reels for all of our opportunities uh, documents all of our you know events on site and uh, i post a lot of these videos too on linkedin if you want to see them if you follow me on linkedin but that has been uh really impactful video is obviously everybody knows extremely hot uh, but we use it to tell our story and it's really powerful Excellent. Excellent. I never miss an opportunity ever to try to encourage radio, local uh, radio clusters to get involved with the idea of having their own local digital agency as well for not only for uh, giving deeper birth to relationships with clients, but also uh, better profiting. And Dave, what about you? Do you have an idea that you can share with us to help generate additional dollars going forward in, in this time of the year? Yeah, I have a, a couple actually. Um, uh, so I'll try to be brief, but uh, one that we embarked upon about a year ago, taking advantage of video it, and one of our influencers is a, a program called Moody on the Move. And he goes into the business and does a 10 minute interview with them in the business talking about their business. And um, we use an outside video production company that's really high class. So everything that gets created is is phenomenal. And we not only build it for them for the 10 minutes, but we also build it for them for the breakouts that they can use for that shorter form that they can put out on social media that they can use in a radio commercial if they want to in all different ways. And um, one of the things that we found is as tough as things have been the last few years, a time to just stop and tell their story, have somebody listen, and then get the feedback uh, to that has been phenomenal. And we're now selling that out 12 months at a time. And it's at a premium price. So um, we do one a month. They get uh, focused uh, on multiple media sources that we have to promote it, driving people to it. And then the the uh, data that we get from it is phenomenal and we it's 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 created some really significant dollars i mean it i would have to say as a program it probably bills um as much as our two concerts that we used to run uh, prior to covid where we're still waiting to get back to the concerts but that alone uh, almost outperforms both of our concerts combined two to one so that that has been phenomenal huge the second thing, and, and, and um, Lloyd has heard me talk about this before, and it's advantageous in numerous ways, is make content good enough that it can be used three times. And if it's so good three times and it hasn't been tam- time stamped to make it irrelevant quickly, you have multiple chances to sell great things three times. And we have had enormous success in our market where something was first on the air, then it's on our podcast platform, uh, then it's also on the website, then it's also rerouted into, as I shared before, we have an app that takes all of our content, makes it more localized, but doesn't make it focused on that we're the radio product doing it, even the audio material, and then we sell it a third time. Well, by the time you've sold it the second and third time, your your profitability on that is through the roof. And so we make that a regular practice of how is we how are we making content that's so good we can use it three times. And one of the ways we measure it is obviously usage, but we also send a, le- a newsletter out to our audience every morning. We hired somebody who takes the content that we're creating every day, editing it down into these uh, sources to put it out there immediately so we get instant traction with it. And... Um, that that has just been phenomenal for us and it really and then that newsletter our newsletter 
open rates are 30, 40. And some, we have one newsletter of one of the stations that goes out, it's a, has a 60% open rate. So when somebody wants to say, well, how does a, a radio company say they're in the digital world? The average newsletter open rates 3%. Ours gets 60%. Alec, if we keep doing this with guests like Dave and Brian, I'm going to need a bell. <laughs> well, let me just say this. If, if you're just catching on to what we're doing, either live or, or listening on demand with the Encouragers Radio Rally podcast, this process is definitely designed for you. Uh, and I'm excited also because not are we just having a terrific Q2 event, our Q3 event will be coming July 7th. And as you can see, we like to be armed with on the ground sales managers, market managers, uh, experts that obviously participate in our roundtable during these events and share so much terrific insight and information. That is all about having those who are doing the work right now share these tips, inside advice, and help you move your revenue ahead. You might ask, how do we select these experts? Well, it actually can start with you. Nominate your pick to be a guest expert by emailing us. You can send that to me at adrake at drakemediagroup.com, or I know Lloyd would love to get your email. Uh, his email address is ford at rainmakerpathway.com. On the our entire process and our purpose is to encourage you. Uh, look, you, you can see this isn't a client-only event for myself or Alec. In other words, we are opening ourselves up to the entire industry. That's why this will be an on-demand podcast for you. Our goal is to be helpful and encouraging to your career. Every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, we present a live event on Clubhouse called The Encouragers, The Radio Rally, and it's all about radio. The Encouragers, The Radio Rally podcast is available right now on Apple, Audible, Spotify, or almost anywhere that you get your podcast today. Alec, do you have any final questions for our roundtable? Well, I do. I do. You know, we've covered some terrific content today, and I know it's going to be very helpful. Uh, but let's get our crystal ball out, you know, for just a minute, if we could. You know, no one knows the future, but we all like to look at what is happening around the country and get and share ideas and, and certainly try to anticipate. Uh, and as managers and leaders, we want to be try to be proactive and, and look and get some vision about what we can see and how we can prepare, as we talked about today. So I'd like to you know, spend some time with each person on our roundtable today and, and talk about what is your forecast for the second half of 2022 look like uh, in your market? Uh, Dave, you want to start? Yes. Yes. I, I think it's going to look um, very positive for us as long as we go with the mindset that is a growth mindset and that we are understanding of clients and we understand the uncertainty but we also have to challenge them, you know, ask their permission to challenge them and to get them to look at things a little bit more aggressively, a little bit more impactfully. Uh, the, the, the opportunity is there if people want to go after it. I find that there's situations where sometimes either the sales rep, the sales manager even, or the client are all pre-justifying why not to do something. But as we've learned over the years, when times are tough, that's when you can grow market share. That's when you can seize upon the opportunity. And I'm watching this with one of my people uh, who work for us, and she's phenomenal, where she goes out and she is challenging the clients. I and mean, she almost everybody, she's trying to get them to look at. Um, we get we have some data that we get through Burrell uh, and Associates that kind of looks at what are, is the potential market, market share for that customer. And we go into that customer, and sometimes she's asking three times what they've spent before, but then backing it up with justification and, and, and what can be there. And what's interesting is you see two things. I've dealt with a couple clients who were offended by it, right? So we switched up reps and, and were very courteous to it. But I've seen some other clients step up and, and spending many times, two, three, four times what they spent before. So I think those who have that growth mindset and have the right kind of um, mode to address the customer, I think there's big opportunity out there because I think a lot of other people are being very cautious. Terrific. Brian, 
Uh, well, I'm really bullish on uh, the, the immediate future, near future, even long-term future. I mean, uh, 2021, everybody got to beat their chest because they were up 289% over 2020. And we, and we should have been, by golly. <laughs> but, you know, and those were wonderful headlines, uh, you know, last year. But the fact of the matter is, uh, and Alec, you pointed it out so well at the beginning of this of just, uh, you know, we, we got to get back to business. You know, we have to get the, the rates back up there. Uh, and and all indications, at least in our market, is we are off to a very strong start. I don't see any reason uh, for that to let up. Uh, hopefully the sports gambling gods will come to North Carolina uh, as predicted uh, later on. That will certainly uh, welcome that. Uh, but really, uh, you know, we have we just really have to tell the story about what radio can do now because it's just so, so much more than uh, what comes out of the the car radio, uh, and you've heard so so many of the uh, the ideas that really have nothing to do with you know radio as we knew it ten years ago. Uh, we can really bring one heck of a, a marketing portfolio to to a customer these days, and uh, and for that reason, I I really I'm really optimistic about you know the near future and long term future of what we do. Quite honestly, I I, I think. We have an opportunity for it to be better than it's ever been, because we have so much now. Awesome. I like that for sure. And listen, everyone is well-versed on hiring sellers in the most traditional ways. I'm going to slip this in on you all a little bit. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I just wonder about this. Have you tried out what we might all consider to be an untraditional seller? Uh, somebody who's not from radio, maybe somebody who's not from sales, maybe somebody you've met in your personal life that you thought, you know what, uh, th this might be a really good fit for radio now. And if so, how did that work out? Uh, I'll start with that. Um, I would say that um, it's almost becoming the norm now to not hire a radio seller unless that radio seller uh, has the knowledge and skill set of all the things we've been talking about. If it's a radio seller that's just been selling radio, uh, unfortunately, the train has left the station. And um, yes, have had success hiring. Uh, probably one of our biggest successes is hiring a former sports television anchor who never sold anything in his life. Uh, wanted to make a career change. And uh, I think for him, uh, we took a chance on him. He took a chance on us. And the lesson learned was this guy is so incredibly passionate about what we do. It makes him successful. He's been our uh, sales rep of the year many times over. And never, he couldn't tell you one thing about radio five years ago, never sold anything in his life five years ago, but the passion and the drive in this individual is what made him successful. I, I agree with Brian and his assessment that um, many of the people that we hire today are, are not tr even from media or media sales. I would have to say somewhere in the neighborhood of you know, 80 to 90% of our staff comes from other industries, many times never selling. And, um, one of the most recent dynamics we put into play is when we're doing the recruiting, we've changed the title, though I, I love sales and I'm a big believer in it. Sadly, the, the term isn't embraced enough at times for people to see it as a career change. So when we've uh, promoted for it, we're looking for a business development specialist who's uh, going to help us serve the business communities to get their, their message out. And it's been interesting as to how that's opened up the door to people applying. And then we work for the Center for Sales Strategy, and they have an STA, a, a, a kind of a, a testing system, a, a skills assessment is a better way to put it. And we do that first. So when we get 
uh, a number of candidates that comes in and, and one of the individuals didn't even score the highest, but something really stood out to me and, and, and she had worked at the post office and she had never sold in her life. And the STA came back with some intriguing elements in it. And I thought, hmm, I'm going to talk to her. So I, I, I got on the Zoom and I instantly said, there's something here. And so it was interesting as I passed that along to my sales management team. And they were like, I don't know, Dave, she's only been in the post office. She's I'm like, nope, nope, I think there's something here. And they're like, okay, so I did the reference checks and you know all that kind of stuff. And we brought her on board and she has been a rock star since day one. And it just, it's just fun to see that. And where she, what I could tell in talking with her was, you know, she chose the post office because it was a safe line of income, but it just didn't, didn't challenge her and it didn't excite her and she hated to lose and she wanted to go out and make a difference. And now she's got that chance and she compares this to what she was doing at the post office and she's just running with her hair on fire every day excited because it's just given her a whole new life. You have heard so many things today right here on this event about how robust radio can be and how many different directions it can go and what being that advisor helping local businesses tell their story, how exciting that can be for people. Alec, I promised when we began this that I would have a bonus toward the end of this event. You have personally, I don't, I don't mean to catch you off guard, but you've personally written in the past that there are five C's which are key in today's selling environment. I wonder if you share that with us and maybe why each one is important, please. Well, Lord, I'd be happy to do that. And I'll, I'll kind of keep it brief because we're up against our, our planned hour, but the content has been so rich. I don't think anyone's going to mind if we go a little bit over. Um, yeah. When I, I like to think of the five C's and, and this actually came to mind earlier when, when Dave was talking about his, his community business, you know, taking risk uh, issue. And it, 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 it comes up as number two on my list. So I'll start with number one. I think when we look at sales, one of the key C's, if you will, is to be curious. Uh, if someone is naturally curious, I think, and has an inquisitive mind, that certainly gives them an advantage as, as being a seller. Dave was talking about the STA and working with the Center for Sales Strategy, and I worked with them in the past as well. And those profiles and that input is great. But sometimes, like Dave did, you go with your gut and you see something and there's something there that tells you we need to dig deeper to find the quality of this candidate. And I think looking for someone who's curious is one of those things that we should be on, on the lookout for when we're trying to get somebody in sales. The other thing uh, is collaboration. Uh, you know, sales solutions are much more comprehensive and complex as we've been talking about today. Uh, there's a fragmented landscape. So we have to be able to collaborate not only uh, with all of our departments so we can pull these things together, but then get out there and approach our prospects in a very collaborative way. Uh, Dave even talked about kind of stepping away from the word sales. And I think that's, that's true uh, because of the connotations. And then third, the C is communicating. You know, this is the world of now, text messaging, emails, mobile phone conversations. Uh, th there's a lot of variations in how we communicate both with prospects and clients today. So I think it's important to, you know, look at what those standards are, make sure they're communicated clearly. So someone understands where is the responsiveness and is somebody staying on top of what I need as a prospect or customer. And then the, the other C is to be considerate. Uh, the competition for customers is stronger than ever. And we have to really show our appreciation for our customers in any way we can. And some of the ideas that were discussed today are great examples of, of sharing the, the challenges uh, and making the customers feel like we're all on the same page and we're in this together. Take nothing for granted. And then lastly, and I think it's still important as it has been for a long time in this business, uh, the fifth C of being creative. Uh, obviously creative with our products and what we can do there, but creative from a sales standpoint of balancing the left brain and right brain opportunities of the things that have to be done that are research-based and data-driven, but at the same time, looking at how we can be creative and bring ideas to the table. And a lot of times when decisions are made, as we know, those might hinge on some emotional aspects from a, from a purchase decision. So those are my five C's. 
I hope you can hope see you can. how powerful this quarterly sales event is, it, our exclusive event for radio can be. Please share this podcast with others in sales, sales management, and the executive level at your company, no matter where you work. Uh, Alec, I want to thank you for helping us put this event together and for sharing your expertise with us. I am excited to be doing this quarterly event with you and look forward to our Q3 event on July 7th, 2022. Now, listen, we've already booked an exciting guest. I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. This is for our revenue roundtable on July 7th. It's Becky Dumyan. She is the senior VP and market manager for Odyssey in St. Louis. And let me tell you, she is super sharp and she cares a lot about high performance radio sales. Now, uh, she won't be our only guest on that panel, but anytime she's a guest, I guarantee you uh, there will be powerful shares. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, uh, which should be available within the next hour or so. And I want to thank JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. And I want to jump in and say thank you to our very special and gracious guests, uh, Dave Deutsch, President of Midwest Family, and Brian Maloney, Vice President of Capital Broadcasting for being our frontline sales experts and partners for this Q2 event. Uh, it's just been terrific. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited about how this is going to be received. And anyone who listens to this is definitely going to walk away with a, uh, just a ton of ideas. Uh, Lloyd, as you mentioned, we have July 7th planned for our next sales rally on the Encouragers. We're in the process of securing guests for our next roundtable, you mentioned Becky, which is wonderful that she's confirmed and, and we're still open to looking for other individuals to join her. So if you have suggestions uh, on someone who you'd like to have participate in a future event, please reach out to Lloyd at BrainMakerPathway.com or myself uh, at adrake at drakemediagroup.com. Please do share the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with others you know that are interested in growing their careers in audio. Our podcast will be available on Apple, Audible, Spotify, and almost anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to follow the people on the stage, look around the room to see who else you might connect with during our regular events. And if you don't remember anything else, please remember this, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of our Q2 radio exclusive sales event, which we do quarterly. And that means you can expect to come back July 7th for Q3 with the encouragers. Thanks again. Good selling and good night.